Hey, you're listening to the Winnipeg Music Project, where music making matters. I'm your host, Ashley Bienyage. Each episode features interviews with local music makers in hopes to connect the vibrant Winnipeg music scene with listeners like you. Through stories of songwriting, album releases, and touring, listen to the unique journeys of local artists who love what they do. Listening to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. I'm Ashley Bianya as your host. Today I'm here with Quentin Blair. Hello. Good to see you again. Yeah, it's great to see you. Um, it's been a while. It, but, it, but like the timing is perfect. Right. Because it was like the last time I saw you was, was it Regina? It, Have I, we not seen each other since then? Maybe at a JMM? Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe, okay. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, we first officially met, maybe in another life we might have met, but officially in this life met in Regina in 2016. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Um, Breakout West. Breakout West. That was exciting. Yeah. I was doing my little internship. You were there as an artist. Yeah. Uh, were, were you nominated at the time? No. No, just... No, showcasing. Showcasing. Yeah. Right. Um, and here we are. We were trying to do an interview um throughout the years mm-hmm. but it, it just never really worked out um i was in school you have a daughter that scheduling was just always the exactly. thing yeah but i think the universe finally kind of just like this this is the time made it happen yeah. yeah so um i'm well fed we are here in your home and you just fed me some delicious salmon mm-hmm. and um brussels sprouts i really i, I really thought when, when we first talked about um getting to do this and then we talked about doing it remote. And so all of a sudden, we'd be on the yard and we're like, man, it would be awesome to cook over the campfire and just kind of sit here and jib-jab well. There's a fire going. Well, the fire's going. I yeah. thought that would just be, just be fantastic. And then it just had so much rain that it was just soaking out there. So I had to you know, resort to using the oven. That's okay. I am I am used to oven cooking. Yeah, and, uh, it was great. I'm almost not. It's like, oh really? Well, I I am. I I, I love cooking, but um, I guess through like like literally through the summertime, it's like we're outside so often. It's just the fire's always going, and so oh. and it doesn't matter what what we eat. I mean, I'll I'll cook anything over the. Fire. It's the same principle, right? As cooking over heat, it's just a matter of how you handle it. So, I just one of my favorite pastimes is definitely cooking over the fire right see i am not a cook um i am a city slicker and i have the uh, convenience of delivery um i do cook sometimes but this this recent year i've been actually cooking a lot more and um i've been really enjoying it i've never done skip the dishes oh i wouldn't even know how well you can download it on your phone i don't think you can actually do it out here uh (laughs) You probably wouldn't be able to. No one's going to drive out but, here. But the funny part is there's the next town back at their bar. If you order a pizza, they will deliver beer to your house. And I just thought that was I, I've never actually actioned it. I only found out about it this summer and I keep on telling everybody about this service that they offer. But I but I mean, that's just, 
that's a big deal to me that somebody would <laughs> deliver out here that they'd bring, bring a pizza out to me. Right. Uh, but then it's it's funny that like there is a whole part of the food service industry that is delivery that just it never would have occurred to me to say, hey, let's what can we order in? Really? That's like my go-to. Like, hey, I don't really want to cook. We just bought all these groceries, but let's order. (laughs) I'm stuck stuck with the Chinese food restaurant in that town or the the pizza from the bar in that town. And that's kind of where it comes down to. Well, I mean, that kind of makes it a little bit easier. I mean... (laughs) Makes it easier to to spark up that fire and start cooking. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's fun to cook. I really enjoy it. And I've had this like this cycle that... It always happens every time I cook. I, I get a little nervous, so I look up a recipe or two, mm-hmm. and I get the ingredients ready, and then I start cooking, and I'm like, oh, this is so easy. I'm going to add a couple things, yeah. or I'm going to do this and yeah. that. And then it kind of goes a little crazy, and then I'm like, oh, but this is actually kind of hard. And then at the end, I'm left with this like this dish that is okay. Halfway decent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, it, but I think that cooking is, is as an artist, as, as a musician, as someone who just kind of sees life through maybe maybe even like a poet's soul you might say um i feel like that is cooking and baking is like someone who can only follow rules and can't stray from the rules that's baking because that's a series of chemical reactions right whereas typically when you're cooking it's going interesting i can add this spice or this spice to influence what the general flavor of the meal will be okay and so that's kind of where i i I don't ever recipe even like if i'm making something yeah and my daughter's birthday was the other day and i made her waffles before she went to school like i know that i didn't necessarily have to really follow that recipe but i probably should just to so i didn't mess anything up before school and you know everyone's laughing and making waffles but you know just when it does come time to cooking i don't really have a mandate and just kind of thinking right. about what I'm cooking, what I'm working with and who I'm cooking for too. When I was making the dinner, I'm like, I, I don't know what, what flavors she's maybe averse to. Mm. And so, uh, you know, let's keep it pretty, pretty straight ahead. Yeah. Pretty tame. Pretty comfortable. You know, I didn't want to all of a sudden have, have something in there that was, you know, just, you know, running the meal off the, off the end of the table. No, it was great. I really enjoyed that. I mean, I always appreciate when someone cooks food, so I'm not going to complain about that, but I really enjoyed it. Um, so anyone listening, if you want, just hit Quinton up and he'll invite you over. And You know, actually, that's funny. Funny you should say that. Um, I love playing house concerts. And, right, okay. And I love barbecuing. And I didn't get to barbecue for you, but, but when, I, when I grill, it's like it's over charcoal. It's not over gas or anything like that. But I have something that I call um, – it's either going to – there's two names it can either be called a meet and greet like m-e-a-t or an eat and greet Mm. and then what it essentially is it's a house concert where i cook for you before the show but we turned it into very much like a potluck so we've got seven people bringing different dishes and bringing all these kinds of things in and i'm just basically smoking some meat for dinner and yeah so anyways don't just call me up and, and get me to cook for you. Just get me to come and play a house concert and I'll cook for you as just part of the house concert. Cause oh, wow. It's just a fun little way for me to like socialize with people. Um, we were kind of talking a little bit before we went on about, um, you know, sometimes as an artist, it's, it's like I, you're on stage and sometimes like you're playing this, this 
lots of people there. And a lot of times in my role, we play a lot of country fairs, a lot of rodeo dances. It's a lot of like partner dancing. And so you're, you're trying to encourage people to be on the dance floor um, with your songs and with, with other songs too. And so you're kind of like graded by how many people come to dance. And so. Um, really? Yeah. I guess well, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, really in the end of it, I'm a beer salesman as much as that is what it is. But because the, depending on how things go in the event, will like, like if people are dancing, then they'll need to refresh themselves more. And then, uh, the more or they need the refreshments to dance. Exactly. To okay. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a two sided coin. But then at the end of the day, the, the committee that's hired us is using this as a fundraiser of sorts. So if this is their annual rodeo, they use this rodeo as a way of putting um, new playground equipment onto the yard for the kids. So the more money that they can make off of me, the better off they like the whole night went. The better off that you know, the more likely they'll hire me back to come to come next year. So it's kind of this this strange little game that you end right. up playing. But but with these house concerts, I like to have interaction with small groups of people. But as much as like you can be on the stage and have all these people, I genuinely, generally, I don't like people. So it's sometimes hard for me to just like, if I'm not playing a show, it's almost hard for me to go to a show that night because I'm, I need that time to kind of just unplug and recharge. And I'll sit in my living room and I'll play guitar or I'll listen to music on the record player. But I typically don't want to go and, and, you know, see another dance party that night or see another kind of big event sort of thing so these house concerts are my way of connecting with 30 people that's mm-hmm. comfortable that's relaxed that's easy going i'll sit there and cook and, and talk to those people all night and then it's fun when it's just me and me and my guitar because then there's no there's no pressure for anything i can play any song that i can think of i'll, I'll go and, and try to tackle because it's it's fun that's what feeds my soul the, the as a as a songwriter and as a musician you know, sometimes playing playing often, you get tired of songs. And so, you know, every night I put my daughter to bed and I pull out my guitar and I sit in the living room and I play. And sometimes it's like I'll play for, you know, two hours and she's long asleep. But I'm just filling my own musical soul going, hey, what about this song? I haven't heard that song in forever. You just start playing it and, and before you know it, it's, you know, two hours down the road so i uh, this this house concert concept is just my absolute favorite amazing yeah have you considered doing like home roots yeah we did a home roots brenton thorbelson uh and i did a home roots tour through alberta and i think we ended up doing about 25 dates that was the greatest we had we had bacon and eggs 24 to 25 days for breakfast amazing we had they had rack of lamb they had steaks they had pork chops like it's like you eat and the drives are easy and there's no setup because you're playing in someone's house it's like it's like it's like the laziest i've ever felt as a musician amazing yeah it was that's probably the best though Oh, it was great yeah yeah Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic i um when i was teaching uh for state up north i went to uh, one of the location was cranberry portage Mm -hmm. and i got to meet one of the families that uh will sometimes keep some of the home roots yeah um I almost said victims. My first aid <laughs> mine, but um, 
patients. Uh, no, not patients. Uh, musicians. <laughs> See, I'm, yeah. not, I'm in my first aid mode. Um, and I, I was always kind of hesitant with the idea of like of going and staying in someone else's home, like multiple homes in a row and, and being so intimate. Cause it, it's just like, a, it's so personal and you're always around people. But meeting them, it was the most, they were the most wonderful people I've, I've probably ever met. Like so friendly and kind and so interested in everything you have to say. And yeah. they're like the grandparents I never had. Um, it, it actually got me through a really, really hard time in my life. Um, I was going through a lot personally when I was on that tour. And so um, to have that stability of just, you know, Brenton and myself. And actually what was supposed to happen on that tour was uh, initially Ryan Both was going to come with me on that tour. Okay. So he's a he's a drummer. Uh, he was with the Bros Landreth at the time. And um, I guess uh, they picked up a bunch of shows during our our tour. And so so Ryan, I said, you know, you mind if you mind if I sub out on it? And so. Like no, I totally understand. Go and do those shows, and and I'll fill in these dates. And and so I called Brenton, who I'd known for years, and he plays fiddle and mandolin and sings, and spent a lot of time with Keith and Renee, and worked with a whole bunch of a bunch of uh, Winnipeg country acts. And so I thought this is going to be great. But he shows up, and he's he's younger than me, and like is that unnerving or a little bit because he wears <laughs> a straight brimmed baseball cap, and I don't. Yeah, and and I thought like. Strength. Is she gonna listen to rap? Like we are driving from the absolute southern point of Alberta to the absolute northern point of Alberta. If I have to drive this all just so that I can control the radio, I will. <laughs> and then he gets in the car and he and he pulls up his phone and he's he's driving the first leg and and he pulls it up and it's Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys. He's like, I hope you don't mind. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this tour is gonna be great. And it was. And it's you know, it it's just having a guy like him to kind of lean on and actually what would end up happening is just kind of like with with my mindset and with with my struggle of life at the time um i'd show up at the venue and brenton would go and he'd meet the host and i would just have an hour or two to just kind of chill in my room come upstairs eat dinner play the show talk to the guests for a little bit and as soon as they left then that's when I retreated back and wrapped up for the night. And Brenton would actually stay up and visit with the host and do all the stuff that I was really supposed to be doing. So he got me through <laughs> that tour. But um, man, I'd love to take a crack at one of those tours right. now because that was that was fun. Yeah, it was just that you know it it was what I needed to help me get through. But you know, I I look back with so many fond memories of that right. tour. It's like and like the places you get to go depending on the the route. It it seems like such a wonderful experience yep. and. I mean, I feel like it would be hard with a keyboard because um, it's not. Well, they always say they want acoustic instruments, but yeah. I think I feel like for a keyboard, it's like maybe like get, get over that. Like you know, like like I. You I mean, know, yeah, I. Well, just like on, only because, and I'm not saying that to you. I'm saying that to their policy on right. on acoustic instruments. Like like like. So so. I <laughs> guess take us back to 1962. Elton John wants to do a. House concert tour with Homer. They're going to say no because you got to bring a keyboard around, right? Like, yeah, you can't, you can't discriminate against a keyboard. I get it. Yeah, I, I think I think that there's. I there's think room in that if place. they heard the music, they would be like, okay, fine. Yeah, it's and I wonder if it's just to discourage because you are going to tend to go to areas where there are maybe older listeners who want to hear acoustic music and. Maybe that's kind of like the brand they're 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 trying to pitch a little bit. They put me into Alberta because I play a lot of folk and country. Yeah. So they kind of tried to match oh they match me up oh okay with that environment. I'd love to do the East Coast. 
I'd mm. love to do a homebrew tour on the East Coast. That would be. I played in Halifax one time, and I was like, I think this might be my second home. But really? it's so far away that I'm like, like my my touring mentality or my my business strategy around music is like, if I'm not gonna go there three times in the year, then why go there one time ever? Right. So that's why it's like you know my footprint is Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, because I will hit all three of those markets multiple times in the year. But I don't go east. I don't go to Toronto for one show a year. Right. Or one, you know, th- there's just not enough of my touring market in that neighborhood. I just stick to. So that's why I've never gone back to the East Coast. I was there for a music conference and showcase there, and I thought this is the greatest. But a home roots tour would be well worth going, and then to follow that up eight months later with my own tour would probably be the way that I would do it. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean hit them up i'm mm-hmm. sure that they would be down if, especially if you've done it before yeah um yeah. that's awesome but i would like to take a, a quick second or a little couple minutes talking about how you got involved in music that's i think that's like the most interesting part mm-hmm. about artists is like their journey to where they got to today because it's it's so different for everyone and um i've been interviewing a lot of country artists lately really? um yeah i don't know it's just um something in the water maybe i'm just craving that country well, <laughs> country's a, a little bit of an interesting bird, and 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 I I live between country and folk, right? And that's so I I kind of feel like I go to like a place like I'll go to like Folk Alliance or something like that, and and not really feel like I fit in. I mean, I'll fit in alongside like maybe Zach Lucky, Blake Berglund, Del Barber, like those kinds of guys, but I feel like I, I'm I'm maybe looked down upon because I wear a cowboy hat and I'm into horses and stuff like that, and that's probably not true. It's probably just something I I. In, I, I infer on people mm. but then I also go to like um, like country music conferences and it's like like I feel like, like I'm like my, my opinions on modern country music aside I feel like I'm the only one who's country here anyways and I feel like I, I'm not really in the country world and I'm not really in the folk world. I'm just kind of in my own little bubble somewhere. That's how I right. feel most of the time. And I'm, I'm okay with that. But yeah. It is kind of a thing that kind of hangs over your head a little bit to go like, what are, what are you? you know? Yeah. Kind it's- of roots country, but like, like, like Rosie and the Rivers just won a Roots Artist of the Year at Breakout. They're clearly a Roots act. I'm not. I would mm. classify it as a country act. But if you go into the country world, I'm a storyteller and a rambler. And I sing story songs that means that I'm not mainstream. So I'm roots yeah. in their eyes. So it's 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 hard. It's, it is weird how that works. Cause, and with Canada, with the, the Canadian industry, we're all like blending the genres. And even some of the, of the newer american acts and even like in the in europe they're starting to blend like oh it's indie pop folk yeah hip-hop rock hip-hop country um there's a name for it in, in in country music when it's like hip-hop country oh is there yeah yeah and i can't believe i, I want to say hick hick country hip-hop Hick, no, there's, there's, there's a name for it. There's okay. a name for it, and, and I, I'm ashamed that I don't know that name right now. Well, someone is listening. If you know what it is, tweet us and tag both the Winnipeg Music Project and Quinta Blair, and we'll learn because we. Uh, yeah. I don't. I have no. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, there's definitely a name for it. 
I'm learning a lot while being out here. I've learned that you can freeze batteries to keep them to last longer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the homesteading 101. Right I know. Here. I've never heard of that. I think that's really... I gotta, I'm going to have to Google it because I kind of don't believe it, but... <laughs> Maybe it's just something that my grandma did. and Maybe. For some reason, like, like, like I said, I grew up as a kid with a freezer full of batteries uh-huh. and i don't know if that did anything but You'll never, you yeah you have no point battery, of reference and then then you never lose them too you said hey i need i need one double a battery and I'm like I go to the freezer i got one right here it's, yeah i don't know where i know it's in here somewhere and i found it so. right yeah and um it kind of reminds me of like the, the movie my big fat greek wedding when her dad would use windex for everything right. yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and i mean maybe it works but i don't know <laughs> I'll find the way back to the greek battery in the freezer remember that he'd always take the uh definition and he'd always say how that the root of that word came from the greek right yeah, yeah. that's a good movie yeah. i should watch it again anyway uh your your roots um yeah 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 in uh in in music well i grew up playing piano and good i hated it <laughs> Oh, <laughs> everyone seems that seems to be a common thing. It is. I, 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 I mean, it's a hard thing, like to really, to really get into conservatory music if you're not surrounded by it, right? Oh yeah, I told I wasn't into it either. And did you grow up with it around the house? No, not at, I had no musical family members. And but like, not even like, not even playing. Nope. Like you get, did you have music playing in the house or anything? Nothing. Really? Like camp? Like the like the radio? Yeah, we had we had AM country, and then like. Sort of like golden oldies. Okay. Those are the two kind of types of music I grew up on. So I'm playing conservatory, Royal Conservatory piano, and I'm I'm doing it, but I'm not enjoying it. Right. So I, I kind of took it to the point where I could finally tell my mom no. So I quit piano when I was 22 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you caught that. <laughs> not everyone catches that joke. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I was, I was maybe 13 years old or something, and I just said, Mom, I'm not enjoying this. This is like... I'm wasting your money. I don't want to practice. I don't want to do this. And uh, there's a fella that our family knew who, you know, played saxophone and he had a jazz band and they put out a CD and it was like a big deal. And my mom's like, oh, you, you don't want to be like Chad? You sure? You, you don't play saxophone? You, you don't want to play saxophone in a jazz band and, and put out CDs? I'm like, I don't care if I never play another instrument in my life. I'm an athlete, not a musician. Hey. And that was my, my stance, and I walked away from music. And then I went to summer camp down in Wisconsin. Well, what kind of what kind of um kind of um uh athlete were you? Um, hockey and football. I okay. mean, I golfed I mean, too. Okay. But, golf. But, yeah, I did. I did golf a lot in the summertime. But but my goal when I was going through high school was to get a scholarship to play university football summer. Just in Canada, I didn't have like any like like out of the ordinary or, or like out of the box dreams i was like oh i want to play you know just in canada and and if i could get a university scholarship and and actually one of the moments that that changed everything for me was when i saw uh bb king playing on pbs and he would have been 80 something years old and i thought wow if i'm playing university football i maybe have five years of doing what i love and if i play music i can play that thing darn near till i die and by that point, like I'd gone to summer camp, I saw this this guy playing guitar. And I'm like, I think I could do that. It doesn't look that hard. And it, and I'm kind of enjoying just the sounds of it and stuff. So my uncle gave me my first guitar, and I just would spend. I, I started playing in about grade ten, and the great part is that 
I don't know if I had a job. Maybe I did have a job. But, like, I had no life. So I just sat in my room and played guitar for three hours a night. And it was the best thing that I could have ever done. And that's kind of how I transitioned from from piano to nothing and then into acoustic guitar. But uh, in grade 12, I met a friend, uh, a new kid to the school who was from Ontario. And he played guitar. But he listened to, like, this, like, I don't even know what it would be called. Like, he was listening to, like, indie indie dance music maybe i don't know like we just i was listening to neil young and dave matthews and he was listening to like like just radiohead was our common ground Mm. so we had radiohead but beyond that i didn't know any of the bands or any of the songs so we just decided to start writing the two of us and i didn't sing yet i didn't do anything like that we just i was always just the guitar player in the band and then uh i went to college i went to uh, providence college just south of winnipeg and I auditioned for the choir, and I'm like, I don't know why. I mean, because, maybe because they had a big tour. They, they toured across Canada at the end of the year or something. Okay. Um, and so I'm like, oh, I'm going to go audition for this choir. Because I'd never sung in a choir before. I was singing a Ukrainian boys' choir when I was really young. But since then, I didn't sing the choir. And uh, I walked into the, the audition, and the guy's like, well, can you, can you sight read this? I'm like, well, I can kind of sight read because I played piano for a handful of years. But I didn't know that this is what it would be. I, I even told him, I, I thought I'd walk in here and sing On the Road again and you'd let me in. And he starts playing On the Road again. And so I'm like, On the Road again. <laughs> and, and I got in. Somehow I made well, cause I think it's because you're, you're a guy. In a, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there's, not, there's not a lot of competition for ten or two parts yeah. in, a, in a touring college choir. So, so I got in. But that was that's what taught me how to sing out and to actually think that actually maybe I could be a singer one day. Oh yeah, like I when I found out when I went to music school, I found out I had to be in choir for a, I was like, are you kidding me? Like I don't want to do that. Like I don't want to learn it's like this mostly church like music. It's yeah. not really what I'm into and I went here for piano and I was I had a really hard time like agreeing with a lot of the things that were going on and I still uh, to the I still to to my fourth year had a hard time with a lot of the things that we were doing, but um, I was an alto, so I learned, or I am an alto, but I was an alto part, and I learned so much about how voices work together and how a voice goes over top of a, of a, of a piano, and now I'm singing a song here on the radio, and I can just immediately jump to it and create my own harmony, and those four years were the most, probably one of those valuable skills I learned in music school. I, I, and, and I could totally relate to that moment. Because you start to learn every song as your part is the melody, mm-hmm. and everyone else is singing a harmony to your part. Yeah, but your part also might not be based around the the chord the same or the key of the song the same way, right? If you're going to be singing on on a third, let's say, um, it's an interesting concept then to have your music playing and you're actually in your own mind thinking that your melody is your your harmony line is the melody when actually it's a soprano exactly yeah and and that was really really neat when i had that kind of right that light bulb moment because i'd also consider myself like and i still do consider myself as very very second rate as a as a harmony singer i'm not a strong harmony singer i can do okay and i can kind of fake my way through it but you know you might not want to put it on tape Mm -hmm. what i'm doing all the time (laughs) that's what the way i feel about it anyways but uh in that moment um singing it was pretty pretty neat and that, i mean almost the same thing i mean like 
you know, the Bible colleges I was going to, but I had a problem learning all the classical music. Mm. And, or if it wasn't classical music, it was like world music. And I'm like, just give me folk and rock. And like, like that's, I, I used to call my, my, my style of music slop rock. Kind of like, oh. like, like when I played my first band, it was like, it was like my guitar playing anyway, was like a big sugar meets electric Neil Young meets, you know, maybe like a Dave Matthews if you want to or whatever. And it's like tragically hip. They were a big influence on me where it's not, it's not like clean rock. It's like a lot of heart and grit in it still. Right. And that's really what I was into at the time, but. Um, yeah yeah it's funny how that kind of translates and and pushes you through those different musical foundation those moments right kind of like push you through to 10 years later you're going wow if i did not sing in that choir i would not be sitting here yeah today mm-hmm. so it's, to me it's always funny to to really look back and see how music i i, I often say like i didn't choose music music chose me right and there's one time that I opened the door and that's all I had to do. And, and there's struggle in it for sure. Oh yeah. Like the struggle, there's hard work, there, but there's, there's something that if you don't have music, you don't understand. And I think that's part of why there's so much camaraderie between musicians. And you'll definitely see this with the Winnipeg music project because you hit all genres. And so there's, there's like an unspoken camaraderie because we all kind of get what the other person's going through. Yeah. Already. Like we all know, we don't know why we're doing it, but I mean, some of us know why, but no, I totally get not that. For whole, the money. That's for, yeah, sure. that's for sure. I'm not doing podcasting for money either. <laughs> yeah, we had that conversation too. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> but no, I, I, um, I, I've been thinking a lot about that recently too, how I never thought I was going to go into music going, like I, I've took piano lessons all my life cause that's kind of what my mom wanted me to do. Yeah. And I, I was always drawn to that idea of making music, but I never like, or being an artist, but I was never real. I was never encouraged by my parents. I was actually kind of discouraged. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just thought, okay, it's gonna be something I do right now. I might do, be a teacher while I'm in university, and it's not gonna be something that I pursue. And then when I finished university, I finished high school. You get you kind of reach that little like floating time, and you're like, okay, I, I'm becoming an adult now. I don't really have to follow this structured route of school. And there's like suddenly this whole world and it really is a whole world that you could just, you, I could even just walk away and th- that would be fine. Yeah, it absolutely. was terrifying. Yeah. I had a really hard time with that. And then I decided on music kind of want, like I met someone when I was working and she was going to school for music. I'm like you can do that. Like people <laughs> really. And I thought about it. I'm like, maybe I'll try I'll I'll, I'll, I'll audition. And yeah. now I can't, I can't stop. <laughs> It's and since then I've just it's all music clearly like everything yeah, I yeah. do is music and it's the yeah I, I would say that I know a lot about it but I still there's you'll never know everything never. and that's so beautiful yeah and I think that that just opens opens up so many other doors that once you start to think like that like if you didn't have that that moment with classical music and like understanding harmony in that moment like if you didn't if you don't live that you don't understand it and that you know can can off, oftentimes open up so many other opportunities kind of going forward and i even think kind of think of that too and like when you know co-writing and stuff like that like it, that is something that that in a season I, I really enjoy and then there's other times where i'm just kind of going like i'm not not in that headspace space to write with other people but when you do write with other people that's kind of the same idea where it's like it's like 
two frames of thought coming together into one song and you think the whole time that it's your thought that's coming to but it's another person that's guiding it there too so it's, it's kind of like it's the exact same concept just on a right. different part of the musical process mm-hmm. we gotta play a song <laughs> <laughs> we're like over halfway through the interview which is amazing i've been I've, i love this i love just talking though yeah we can just talk yeah. and it's fine we can finish talking after the, the show too sure. but sure. um yeah. you're gonna play a song for us sure I will. yeah um, and this will show up in the podcast version too which i love yeah. um so this is uh, Something to Me, which you just recently released a music video for. Yeah. Um, and we played it on the monthly music wrap-up. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. It's, um, it's, it's funny because like, I'm, I love live music. I love visual elements to music, but I just have such a hard time with the, the fake aspect to a music video. And so, yeah, I hate that. Like, I, I, it's so, it's so obvious. You're mouthing the words. Why that? Like, that doesn't show any artistry. That doesn't show any of your capabilities. <laughs> I agree. And so, I've, I've always struggled with that. But then I've had, I've had situations where I've had industry people tell me, like, you don't have, you don't have the, the video assets that you should for an artist at your level. I'm like, yeah, because I don't want to. Like, I, th- I think that you know that when artists are doing it, they're not actually showing their artistry. They're just, I don't even know what to do. And so I, I, whatever, I don't want to kind of rag on that too much. It's just, yeah, it's I not get, me. It's it. not my thing. And so, you know, I, I've been sitting on a bunch of songs for, for a couple of years now. And I just want to start just putting them out into the world, but not necessarily studio recording them. This one is studio recorded and we'll release it probably in the next month or so. But um, we have a we have a number of songs that we're just kind of like as a band, just sitting on. We're not adding them into the set list yet, but we know that they're coming. And this was one of those songs. And what what I really wanted to highlight was just what it's like to live in Central Canada. Like like the road that we're on right now is the geographical center of Canada. There's a bunch of it's dark when you drove out here, but there's a bunch of Canada flags on Highway One marking that and so it's like i'm proud to be from manitoba i'm never gonna leave manitoba um sometimes when you play country music there's this thing like or especially when you like ride horses and you like to sing cowboy songs you're like oh, manitoba cowboys they ain't no cowboys kind of you know i could care less i don't care what other people think i love manitoba and i love being where i'm from and that's what this song was about is how it makes me feel to sit there and watch the sun come up on that horizon and i'll go outside and i'll spend the entire day and you have this absolutely amazing sunset go down, you know, and, and I didn't have to do anything. I just stayed stayed in my bubble for that day, and I got to experience all of this. And so it makes me really proud to be from Manitoba. So that's really what this song's all about. So Amazing. It's called Something to Me. When you see the sun come up, go back down, don't even need to get out of town to watch that bread burn right through the day and into night. Now where a drifter's heart runs wild, lose himself out there in the open mind, looking to shake that kind of law, try as might. When that springtime green turns gold, I'll be packing up to 
I don't know if my applause came up in the in the <laughs> mic, but I was clapping. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I just really enjoyed that. I can see why uh, house concerts work so well for you because it's just it it fills the room and it's just calming and it's really lovely. Thank so you. yeah, thanks for sharing that. Well, you know, like like I was saying when we first kind of started off, like um, I don't have to play for anybody to feel kind of fulfilled personally with music and i was ex actually explaining that to my daughter my daughter's eight years old and she happy birthday oh yeah, yeah. It was her birthday just a couple <laughs> days ago um it, it still balloons and banners and streamers up but um it, i was explaining to her because she loves to sing with me and so some nights like if you weren't coming tonight we probably would have sat on the couch for easily an hour and she would just name off songs and i'd play them and she would sing them and not just like kind of sing them like 
legitimately i don't have to sing she can carry the tune and carry the whole song all the way through and that's part of me kind of seeing in in her that she's got a gift for music and just the ability to memorize lyrics that's what that's what what i noticed for myself is what made it so easy to play music all the time was that i didn't have to try to memorize lyrics if i could know the first line of the verse i can sing the verse good for you And, and like i mean we we played in McGregor a couple of weeks ago, and it was this um, this kind of sold out sold out. It was a, it was a small town bar show, and it was fun. But you're just kind of like playing playing bar music at the end of the day, I guess. Right. And they're asking me for this song by the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, which is a great song. And people kind of write off the Dirt Band if, if they don't know a lot of the the, the Doors going to join us here for. Our, Got a dog with yeah. us. Yeah, you can if you tap, tap your hand on the couch, she'll jump right Come up. up. She'll just kind of sit there and, and uh, fall asleep. She's a great dog. So wonderful. You know, she she spent so many miles just sitting beside me in the truck. I love that dog. She's she's my um, she's she's been my road partner a lot. So it's it's fun. But so we're playing in McGregor at this this show, and it's it's kind of like this show that it's fun, but it's not really filling my soul it's okay i get to play some of my songs sell a little, little bit of merch but you can't really tell stories in that environment right and so that's right. why i, I kind of try not to play there but but these this 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 lady she's asking me for this song for the nitty-gritty dirt band and everyone knows like cadillac ranch which is a bruce springsteen song believe it or not and then the song fishing in the dark which was written by two people who weren't even songwriters and it was they were trying to become songwriters and uh, they wrote this joke song about fishing and the producer from the dirt band just happened to land into Nashville and was at one of these guitar pulls and they're sitting around and these guys are like, I don't want to play this song, but then they, they kind of coax them to play it. And the producer from who's producing the next record for the dirt band says, I want that song for the dirt band. And it becomes this, and they like, didn't even want to give it to him at first. Really? Like, you know, like, like this, this is not an example of our songwriting ability. So like, it doesn't matter. This is what we want. And of this massive, but anyways, the Dirt Band have some great um, socially conscious uh, songs for an era when country music wasn't necessarily ready to hear it. Because t- traditionally, country music is, you know, you know, for especially if we're going back into the into the seventies and stuff like that. American country music was was based in the Southern U.S., and so they're saying stuff in their songs that that you know, don't really, like, I, I think maybe they were ahead of their time as far as what they were socially saying, but they kind of get written off a lot because they had two monster hits and then no one can name another song. But uh, they kept on shouting out for like, um, play dance, little Jean. And I'm like, how do, how do you even know that song? Like we're, we're in McGregor, Manitoba right now and it's great. But I'm like, how do you even know that song? And I just started like, I play the wedding for the money. I wished I could have told the bride and groom And it just kind of comes to me And just what I think of marriage And what's in store after their honeymoon And and it's funny because there's like even changes in, in, in the chorus It goes straight to the, the dominant two instead of a minor And just, I don't know, that, that's just part I'm of the little... music It just kind of, it, without like without ever having to sit down and learn the song I, I just... Right. started playing it and there was one point in the third verse where i'm like i looked at them like what's the line and they said 
uh, they told the band to pack it up. Like, oh, got it now. And I sang the rest. So whatever. So that's that's I've always recognized that as as just a a natural given strength of mine, and I see that in my daughter, and it's so fantastic because we're sitting on this couch and we're going. She can see our reflection in the window, and she's like, "I feel like I'm singing to people." I'm like, "Brookie, this is what it's like." And if I don't like what I see in the crowd, I just close my eyes and play for myself. Right. And that's what it's like to come and sing and play. So there was a time she she was so convinced she was going to sing with me a couple of years ago. And I, I guess she saw me play a house concert. And then we were playing in Steinbeck at their big fair. We're opening for a country artist, Terry Clark. There's, I don't know, 2,000 people there at the show or something. And she's like, I'm going to come and sing with you today, Daddy. I'm like, perfect. I don't think it's going to happen. But I'm going to look back after every song. And if you ever give me the nod, we can play Gordon Lightfoot. We can play Lyle Lovett. We can play Guy Clark. I don't care. We will play whatever you want to play in that moment. And I'm trying to have that open stage policy for her so she can walk. I mean, she's right. even in her room right there watching a show. But I told her, like, if you need to come out, you can still come out. Right. You know, like, like I, I want to have, like, my, my raising of her with music is going to be, like, this is something that you can do all the time in all ways so if she when she grows older and decides that she wants to pursue music as a career would you encourage her <laughs> what a loaded <laughs> question <laughs> i would i would like it if i absolutely absolutely i'd encourage her to do that would i tell her to stay away from drummers maybe but <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i was gonna say like are you concerned like with what the industry is like with you know it parties is, it's, it's interesting right because i didn't start touring until i was probably 25 26 and i'm grateful for that because if i toured when i was 17 18 19 right. 20 it would it would have put me into a different like i was comfortable with who i was by the time i started touring so you know like i am me and my band like like it's it's funny like we're so just boring like, like <laughs> my favorite kind of people <laughs> like it's, it's funny because like on a, like you go to a show and there's all this time where you're like oh yeah i got the ba the beer for the band kind of thing and i'm like man like i probably drink the most in the band and i'll i probably don't have two in a night and then i've got two guys two guys on my roster players that are just like you know i don't ever you know they 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 had their kind of thing with it and they're going like i'm done with that now and and so it's like yeah but but you also see it going like man if i was 18 and just kind of finding my way in the world like you're talking about how all of a sudden this world opens up to you it might be a different story actually yeah. it would be a different story absolutely so, so maybe i can get my music career to a point where she can come along with me till she's ready to spread her wings at 25 26 instead of at 17 18 yeah. So that's, and that's, I, I don't know. It would probably be better. Yeah, probably yeah. Be better. Yeah. I, yeah. Mean, I mean, playing house concerts, playing theaters, like that's a different life completely than starting out just saying, you know, we're in a garage band playing with yeah. my friends. And Going to the bars every night and, yeah. you know, trying to be, meet all these, like, mm -hmm. these industry professionals who just want to drink. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the, the other part, too, is that, like, you also get to a point um, about not caring. Right. And, but, but that only comes with maturity. So to sit there and go like, you know, you know, you're, you're working with some record label or whatever. It's like that. There's a certain point where I'm like, either you're seeking me out or it doesn't matter because if I'm seeking you out, it's not going to work out. 
Yeah. So you have to have that confidence to go like, suddenly I don't. Can walk away, yeah. Exactly. It doesn't matter. We can be friends and I'll certainly buy you a drink and we'll sit there and we'll talk. But beyond that, it's like, I, I'm completely happy with my place in it and not chasing anymore. But there was a time before you learned that, that you do chase everything. You go to every event and you want to meet everybody. And that's important. But at the end of the day, too. What's important as an artist is filling your own soul. And if filling your own soul means you're going to go and spend five days in the woods without cell reception with your family, that's important too. Mm-hmm. So Perfect. Yeah. So anyways, Brookie can play, but when she's 25. <laughs> <laughs> and after she's married. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Let's get this all, all settled yeah. up first. But, <laughs> but I mean, it, it is interesting too, though, because you go through like, um, like, relationships are funny because if if you're not in a relationship that supports you as an artist it is the most detrimental thing in your life because that other person doesn't understand what you're going through and then you find someone who does have that understanding and your 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 creative life is put to a whole new level and you're allowed to suddenly not care not not care is not the right word but you have you, to explain yourself. You don't have to explain yourself anymore. And in fact, you've got somebody who's sitting there pushing you harder going, write more. Record, Go write. Do this. Play this. Hey, I got this this show offer for here and there's not really a lot of money in it. But, you know, I think it actually makes sense to play it. And it's like, I don't care. Like, yes, this is what you're born to do. Go and do it. And it's it, so that's if anything, that's all uh, that's. That's what I'd want for Brooke in in, uh, in her future relationship. Is just another like, artist, but but it's not even necessarily another artist, but someone who's like yeah, who, no. who can who can understand. I, I always come back to this poet soul who can understand that poet soul because what is this, a songwriter like? Probably one of the most sensitive people that you've met. I'm an extremely sensitive guy, even though I have a big beard, I ride horses, I wear a cowboy hat, and I like country music. I'm still a really sensitive guy, and that's part of what makes you a songwriter i think right right is that ability to go like well this is something i'm struggling with how do i need to get this out of my mind how do i need to think about this i need to write a song about it and that's kind of where where it comes from so um yeah someone who can handle and understand a poet's soul because um i don't think a lot of people can it's true so and it's and it's and it's almost like no fault of the poet's to go, I don't know if that makes sense, but it just, you know, it's like, they are who they are, and that's just how it's going to be, no matter how hard you try to change it, it will never change. Mm-hmm. You can't lose that, because you didn't pick it. You did, You pick to be an accountant, you pick to be a doctor, you don't pick to be a musician, as the way that I see it. I mean, obviously you are choosing certain things along the path, yeah. but it's because you can't not do it. Yeah. Whereas, I can't imagine an accountant who's sitting there going... I can't not do a tax return. I can't not figure out corporate finance. <laughs> right. Like that, I, I don't think that that happens. And there are even in today, like the people, you don't even have to learn an instrument anymore. Like I, like there are lots of people who are making hip hop and R and B who don't know how to write, play a traditional instrument that are making music because they just need to get it out there. Yeah. So it is definitely some kind of calling. Yeah. No, I think I think that's uh, that's a huge part of it. And then building the, that that team of people around you that can understand and support you through that because right. yeah it doesn't doesn't always make financial sense in life to be a musician but mm-hmm. we don't do it for the money so. 
Yeah, then don't Just, you shouldn't do it for the money. Yeah. I think <laughs> Mr. K's new song is hundreds of dollars. <laughs> yeah, and actually, uh, <laughs> that's what Andrew Neville told me one time. I was hanging out at the Times Change. Like, oh, so you're gonna be a musician, hey? Well, you can make hundreds of dollars. Yeah, if you're lucky. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, round it up. Uh, so, um. We have to wrap it up. Uh, We're yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. It's that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's all we had time for. I, I love these. I love these <laughs> these long form interviews. But an hour isn't enough. No. So you, I I think next year, if you want to come back on, um, I'll I'll allow it. Yeah. So and we can talk about uh, like I have these questions I wanted to talk about. And we don't even get to reach to them, so <laughs> I'll save them for the next time. I did kind of warn you that I was I, that I was a rambler. Like, I I and I appreciate that. Yeah. It makes my job easier. Right. But um, and I enjoyed this. Um. So yeah, uh, where can people follow you on social media? Um, At Quentin Blair. I'm pretty much just a Facebook and Instagram guy um, and QuintonBlair.com. And then, yeah, like I said, I like to I like to play authentically. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And you sometimes come into Winnipeg to play. Sometimes, about four, four or five times a year I make that yeah. trip. So you want to make sure. It's not even far, like 20 minutes from the perimeter. I no. make it sound like I'm in the bush. Yeah. But. No, I made it here. Yeah. So yeah. I, I probably wouldn't have gone farther if it was farther. Yeah. Like Landmark... Yeah. Um, yeah. The one mile, <laughs> yeah. The one mile further to landmark. <laughs> yeah. Too far. Um, but yeah, thank but you. But they don't deliver. Yeah. That the Chinese food no. restaurant does not deliver. But Lorette, they will deliver to me. So. Well, I hope you don't like Chinese food too much. So. Well, Portage the Prairie has the best Chinese food. Okay. A place called Dick's Cafe. I will. And, and it's funny because I was like, I was like, I think I'm, I think, I think I'm being having the wool pulled over my eyes, and then I ate it, and I'm like. That is the best Chinese food I've ever had. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'll have to stop there sometime Towards and go on my way out of town and I'll try some. That is it. Thank you. Well, I've really learned a lot today. I'm going to go go home. I'm going to plan a trip to, to out, out of town and maybe to Brandon and stop in and get some Chinese food. There I'm going to go. put all my batteries in the freezer <laughs> and <laughs> be good. I appreciate this. Um, <laughs> so we do have to wrap up, though. Is there anything you want to plug or say before we go? No, just just keep on keep on supporting your local artists I mean, that's what we all do right so, yeah. yeah it matters music yeah. making matters absolutely it's slogan yeah great all right thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the winnipeg music project i'm ashley being as your host as with quinton blair uh tune in next week for another interview with a local music maker thanks for listening to this episode of the winnipeg music project For more on local music makers, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Music by Will and Art from Collector Studio, and a big thank you to UMFM for making this show possible.